Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 99 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this podcast on a lovely Monday. I'm your host, Sterling Hammer, and here's my co-host, Lee Paddock. As always, we bring you a spoiler alert before we start this, and let's just jump right into it. Uh, This week we watched my uh, episode, or a a movie for my uh, episode. Uh, I picked, as you heard last week, I picked Lars and the Real Girl. Before we get too deep into it, I'm just going to give a small little plot summary they have. In this comedy, Lars Lindstrom is an awkwardly shy young man in a small northern town who finally brings home the girl of his dreams to his brother and sister-in-law's home. The only problem is that she's not real. She's a sex doll Lars ordered off the internet, but but sex is not what Lars has in mind but rather a deep, meaningful relationship. His sister-in-law is, sister-in-law is worried for him. His brother thinks he's nuts, but eventually the entire town goes along with his delusion in support of, his, of this sweet-natured boy that they've always loved. And that's true. That's basically the movie. Um, it's a parody, yep. or not a parody, but um, uh, it's an adaptation. Uh, and has ties to the story, uh, Ovid story of... Pygmalion. Pygmalion from Metamorphosis. It's a Greek thing, old ancient story. But it's a story about a guy who falls in love with an ivory statue, basically. I get it. Um, I love this movie. This movie is very weird, very awkward. They obviously turn it into a romantic comedy drama. That's why I like it. Um, this movie is very under the radar, except for I think it kind of has like a small little niche fandom on the internet. Uh, I've heard of it. It was uh, it w- it was a failure. It cost, but like, how much of a failure? It cost eleven million dollars, or it cost twelve million dollars. It made really eleven consider million. Consider a movie like this. Like this is a movie you a you put out like a studio puts out so they can have some. Li- this is like their festival runner. Like a big oh, studio, yeah, a couple sure. of studios will put out movies knowing they're not going to make money, but because they can get some awards at a festival, you got to rack that stuff up too to keep your studio like legit. And looking good, not just pumping out like artistic credibility. Yeah, you don't want to just pop, pump out only garbage. And this was um, distributed by MGM, so yeah, and yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Um, good old I, MGM. This movie is sweet. It's charming, cringe, <laughs> um, but like bit. in the right ways. It's not like like oh yeah. god, he's like. Being creepy, cringe. except for a couple of a couple of parts. It is, but obviously because it's fucking a movie about a, a guy and a sex doll. So it, it, I know, but sometimes it can be well, sometimes where it can be kind of cringe because oh. it's like uh, it's not it's impossible to avoid all the cringe in this kind of movie. Yeah, um, there there is some. It's funny because uh, there's a guy on TikTok I've not followed, but I've seen on TikTok. Uh, he is married. Even though he has a real life girlfriend, he's also going out or married with his mannequin, who also recently gave birth on TikTok Live. What? Uh, what? What? Yeah, it's a whole thing. He has his whole account. And he talks about his mannequins, Emily. Uh, it's, it's you know TikTok's wild, wild west in the world. Uh, oh Lord. Yeah, and eventually she gave birth. It's pretty crazy. Um, but luckily enough, Lars is not like that. Uh, they never actually, he never actually has sex with the sex doll. Um, it's, it's, it's all kind of like him. One day, like, it, it all, like, it, when, once the movie's done, you, you get basically, his sister-in-law got pregnant and that started triggering him because his own mother died while giving birth to him, which destroyed his dad, which made him like neglectful and probably abusive. And his older brother, because of that, couldn't handle it because he knew his dad before that. So as soon as he was 18, he just left home for school and work. Um, leaving Lars to just be alone with this like sad, angry man. Um, so Lars grows up like with the aversion to touch. It, it clearly kind of made him a little autistic or just has severe trauma. So yeah, he's like he's distant. 
Yeah. He has like some twitches and stuff like that. He like blinks his eyes a lot and looks away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very well done. I love Ryan Gosling. He's the one who plays Lars. Um, I think it's a role that was kind of out of character for him because he's usually such like a sexy playboy or something like that. And in this, it's just like, oh, no, you're just like the guy who lives in Wisconsin who's kind of weird. Very pale. <laughs> well, it's Wisconsin. They're all pale. I know. This is the pale, pale people. Um, the whole movie, we're kind of like, what town is this? Where is this? It's always snowing. They have like a strip, like a strip mall and a mall, and they have all these places. But like, how is it so big? Looked it up. It's Wis- It's a town based in Wisconsin. Very makes sense. Yes, <coughs> it does. Um, yeah, kind of lost where it point. <laughs> I was going. Oh yeah. So when the sister in law gets pregnant, eventually, kind of starts triggering him and reminding him of his own mother and making him feel weird. And then his, like, weird, like, creepy, but ends up being a good guy because it's, like, he's close friends with Lars. Uh, his, like, cubicle mate um, is, tell, like, showing looking at sex dolls one day and telling Lars all about it. And during the scene, Lars doesn't look like he's having any, any interest in the sex doll. He's more, like, just, yeah. like, disgust with his uh, thing. He asks a couple questions. But they don't do like this overly like him like looking it up and creating his own special thing. You know, it just cuts to like they have that conversation and then it's six weeks later. Um, yeah, they don't have that corny scene like you would get in like a like a Hollywood movie or something. Yeah, bigger, but yeah, like where they got to show him making the sex doll and making it's all ordering funny. it, or like when he first sees it, like there's music and it like there's like a pushing on his face, like. Oh, he's getting the idea. Yeah, no. Instead, it just literally cuts to like six weeks later and like them delivering a big box and his sister-in-law being like, what the fuck? There's a big box here. Um, And then that night, like he like the whole I like the scene. It's like when he first gets there with the box, he like doesn't really address it. And he's but he's getting ready to like meet her. He's like brushing his teeth and he keeps looking at the box. He keeps changing his sweater. He's looking at the box. Um, and then he eventually goes over to his, uh, because he lives in the garage of, like, a garage apartment of the brother, uh, it used to be their dad's house, but him and his brother own it now. Mm-hmm. And the brother and the wife live in the main house. And he goes over there to tell him, like, oh, I got this girl, and, um, I finally have a girlfriend, and she's from Brazil, and she's in a wheelchair, and she's, like, a missionary, and all these good things, and a nurse, and like, oh, can we come over to meet and have dinner? And like, they're at the like the brother-in-law and the sister, the brother and the sister-in-law at first are like, oh my god, like he's got a girlfriend. This is the best day ever. We're so happy. Woo, you did it! And then it just cuts to their faces, and it cuts to Bianca and him. The, the doll's name is Bianca, just staring at him, and he's like, this is Bianca, and she. And they're like, what, 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 what happened? What happened? Um, it's pretty funny, I think. Um, and it's a great way, I think, to just injure. Like, he just, I like that he immediately is in the delusion. He doesn't mm-hmm. have, like, this, like, he's slipping into it. He buys the sex doll. It arrives. He treats it like it's like she just came. Like, she, because all the sex dolls have backstories, you find yep. out. Mm-hmm. And he immediately is like, yep, that's what it is. That's and who she, she is. And, they take him immediately to like they're like they tell him like oh sh- we should she's from Brazil and there's a lot of travel and there's different weather we should take her to the doctors for a checkup, so they take her to like the local dot like the uh, local uh, probably just general doctor who's like kind of like slash the f- town therapist, um, and they're yeah. like help us <laughs> like um, and she no diagnoses him basically with like having a delusion which is totally what he is, is having because and she tells him like. There's no breaking it to him. You can't just tell him, like, hey, that's not real. Like, you're being crazy. Like, he'll just going to ignore you or just come up with an excuse to why you're not, like, making sense and why he's right. Um, and the brother does try to break him of it the next day. And just he just just is talking to Bianca the whole time he's trying to break him. And <laughs> the brother just gives up. And he's just like, I had to try. 
Um, and she just gives advice, like, just go along with it. Like, that's all we Let can it do. Play like, out. As long as he's, like, because she was like, is he still going to work? Is he bathing? Is he, like, eating? Like, well, then, like, it's not hurting anybody. Like He's not hurting himself. Yeah, he's not hurting himself. He's not hurting anybody. As long as he's not doing those things, then you have no real right because the brother's like, do we put him in a home immediately? Um, and like over the move course of the movie kind of has more hit the hit. Like the doctor tells him like, Oh, well she has this disease and I have to like do a weekly treatment for it to try to cure it just to get him to come in every week. Um, and they kind of grow closer over time. And eventually like she starts revealing all this trauma and like how like all trauma he has and like how abuse he was in the past. Like she finds out eventually like, he thinks of a hug as pure pain, like any kind of physical touch by someone else. It's like someone's like, it's like when you, he described it as when you go outside and you get like your hands really cold or your feet are really cold. And then you come inside real quickly and they thaw. And there's that moment where they like, they're thawing and it hurts. And he's like, that's what a hug feels or physical touch. And she's like, that's, that's not right. (laughs) So she's like, so she starts doing like these, uh, uh, Ther- like not therapy, but like these sessions with him, like by doing small physical touch, just putting her hand on his hand, like arm. And the first time he does it, he's just like, oh, and he like jolts up when she puts her whole hand on his le- like arm. He's like, oh yeah. my god, he's an actual pain. Yeah, and she asked him like, isn't this hard? Like, how do you like do this? Like in the real world, how do you avoid touch? And he's like, oh, I wear a lot. It's Wisconsin. It's cold and wears a lot of layers most of the time. <laughs> So he's like, yeah. he doesn't hurt as much when he has layers. And it's like, Jesus Christ. It's like either his dad never touched him once and he just regards physical touch as like, oh, it just shouldn't happen. So it's like, ah, or the only physically touch he got as a child was painful. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wasn't beaten all the time, but the only time his dad would give him physical touches, like when he was like angry with them or drunk or something. Yeah. Um, they never give too much details, but it's, pretty well like alluded to the dad was like a piece of shit once the mom died like it broke him mm-hmm. he never recovered from the mother dying which is super tragic and probably blamed Lars which is not fair yeah um, for sure um and then yeah the the movie like they have like they it's a small town so like they're able to go to like the kind of the town leaders like a small town would have and they like it's a cho- the local church and they ask him, like, hey, can you just help us with, like, like going along with this delusion and helping him? And at first they're all against him, but luckily enough, Lars has a friend um, who's this, like, fun little lady who, like, points out to everyone in the council, like, like your cousin knits cat sweaters and, like, your wife stole, like, all the time before she died. Like, she was nep- uh whatever that is, nepto something. Um mm-hmm. She just points out that everyone has, like, their problems, and they, like, shouldn't be judging Lars just because his problem is so, like, up front and in your face. Yeah. Just because you keep yours hidden doesn't mean you're not still a weirdo. Um, Makes you more of a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, like, I really, this movie is just cute. It's fun. It's warm with, like, because you hear the plot, and you're like, oh, is this going to be, like, really cringe? Like, painfully, like, the full movie cringe? Or is this going to be, like, stupid? Like, are they going to take it down, like, a dumb slapstick comedy route and make fun of it? But yeah. I like the route they took where it's just, like, it's very warm. The town gets behind them. Like, there's a couple assholes, but they get shut down pretty quickly um, by the better people. And, like, she gets a job. They, like, they create a job for her at the local salon. Um, and, like, she goes and does readings to the kids at the school. She works at the school, and, like, they, like, the town embraces her, and they take her out all day while he's at work and doing stuff with her all around the town and everything and supporting her, getting her hair cut, and the, the, her brother-in-law, his brother and the sister-in-law bathe her every night and put her to bed for him, and the whole town gets behind him, and, and this whole time you're seeing kind of Lars work, with like his fear of his sister-in-law and dying, which is triggering him about his own mother dying. Um, and like the, then that, which is triggering him for his bad childhood. He like takes her to his like favorite childhood spot. He takes him to his, her, to, her Bianca to his parents' graves. He kind of takes her around town, showing her like, uh, probably spots like, Oh, my dad beat me there. <laughs> like, or some shit like that. Um, yeah. 
And then you also have the brother this whole time who's just like so conflicted. At first he's like, he's insane, he's nuts, we have to put him away. And then it, then at first he's kind of like in denial. Then he goes kind of in denial, like I just, I'm not going to, like I'll do it, but I'm not going to care. And then like eventually he starts like looking it up in his own, like looking it up and looking into it. And then he starts like blaming himself. And there's no way it's his fault either. He's an 18 year old. He shouldn't have to deal with the shit and the abuse and all that stuff too. It's not his. Yeah. He's not the parent. Um, yeah, and like yeah. he deals with the guilt that he has for Lars and this, this whole situation. Like it was something he wasn't addressing, which is something he would have carried into his own child, uh, to his own child. So like this kind of helps him start working through some stuff. The whole time, I really like Karen, the wife. She's very yeah, like caring for Lars, right up where Lee Mortimer. Mm-hmm. She's very. She's one of those white women who is always losing their voice. Like she <laughs> yeah, she ne- is like, like very hoarse. There's some women like there's some women like that that just have the voice where it's constantly going. They can't reach much. But once they start doing that, it's just gone. Once they start yelling, yeah, yeah they, they just be- can't yell for long. They got <laughs> yeah. like thirty seconds in them, and then they're out. Um, Let's go. <laughs> and like, uh, but yeah. The and like you keep getting therapy sessions with the doctor. Eventually, he has like a total full down panic attack, break like full on panic attack about Karen dying during childbirth. Um, and like that's when you kind of realize like how much he's like fucked up from it and like how worried he is. Um, and then there's this really pretty girl the whole time, um, real little girl, um, in the office, a real girl. Ooh. Um, who's always like hitting on him and trying to invite him out and stuff. And before the doll, he's really dismissive of her. Like just doesn't want to. Basically just ignores her. Yeah. He's just like, because he's like, doesn't know what he's doing. But Bianca like kind of helps him have his first girlfriend and kind of like be more comfortable. And because he gets Bianca, she stops pursuing him a little bit. Gets her own boyfriend in the movie, another, or starts dating another guy a little bit, which then starts making him real jealous. Cause, like, probably deep down in his heart, he's like, Bianca's not real. <laughs> like, yeah, this girl's real. And, like, I actually kind of want the real one. He knew the whole time. Yeah, because I, I thought it was great. I don't know. I just, this movie was just great. I love the way they eventually broke down the delusion. Like, he, like, they start, they, him and Lars or Lars and Bianca start fighting. Um, and it's all made up in his own head. So like everything that's happening is happening because he's making the narrative for it to happen. So like he starts setting the, uh, uh, the, 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 the roadblocks for the relationship to end. Um, and mm-hmm. like, and then like, and then he starts going on like dates with the real girl, uh, the girl from work. And like, there's this one moment I really wish, they could have like somehow made the girl realize how significant that was for her, him when they like, he shake, like he, they go on this bowling date after uh, the girl from office, she breaks up with her uh, boy, the guy and like, then like gets like her bear, like killed <laughs> like her stuffed animal bear killed by the, the douchebag office. The, the, uh, yeah, cubicle mate with really Lars. Weird. Yeah, because they have this like little war where they hide each other's like cubicle stuff, and he has like Gundams and shit. So like he hangs hers to kill it, um, and like she starts crying, and Lars get like goes over and like he's like asking her questions he about Eric and it. like her, and like while he's doing that, he's doing CPR. It's very cute. Um, and then she kind of asks him like what he's doing on Friday, and then he's like, Oh, I'm going to take. Bianca to uh, PDT or PTA meeting um, or yeah. And like, she's like, Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That sounds fun. And then she kind of like walks away all sad. Cause she was like, Oh, we're having like a moment. I thought something might happen. And he's like, but you know, afterwards like I'm free. So what are you asking? And they're like, so eventually they set up like a hangout. They go bowling um, while they're bowling. Uh, Lars brothers, friends come in. There's no one else. There's nowhere else to bowl. So they like, Join in all their bowling. It's bowling. You can just do that. 
Um, yeah, if you know the person. Yeah, and they're all having fun, and they have a great time, and they're like Lars and the girl are like laughing and all this good shit. And at the end, he's like, I don't want to like lead you on. Like, I can never cheat on Bianca. Uh, because him and his brother finally had like a good conversation the night before where like Lars is like, how do you be a man? Or how do you know when you're a man? Like, what is a man? Um, and like the brother at first is like runs away and is like, I, 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 I don't want to have this conversation. This is too much for me. Um, and the event, but Lars keeps kind of pestering him and he's just like, all right, I'll tell you what I believe. And he's like, that's all I want. Like Lars is like, all I want to know is what my big brother thinks. Uh, Cause he really looks up to his big brother. He never bad mouths his big brother in the movie. He's always like just talking him up. Um, and he just tells him like a man like goes to work, doesn't cheat on his wife, has raises his kids right, and tries to do no wrong but fails and but tries his best. And like so then like Lars is like, Oh, I can't cheat on Bianca and all that. So then like and but then like he gives like uh the girl a handshake at the end, and like it, but a physical like he takes his glove off handshake, and they handshake and she's just kind of like oh this is sad he's dismissing me, she's like not realizing like this, is like a huge moment for because then you see it in his eyes that like when he touches her he doesn't feel any physical pain. Mm-hmm. The the treatments have been working with his therapist, um quote unquote therapist, and also. He said he didn't feel this pain when he would was be with Bianca because obviously she's not a real person. Um, but it's like with girls, like he doesn't feel that pain with someone he loves. Loves like once he realizes love, that's when he stops feeling the pain when people touch him. Once he realizes the town people love him and this family love him, that's when like everyone can start touching him. And I just think that's so sweet and adorable. And I just kind of wish they would have been able to let her know how significant that was. But maybe she learns it later. The um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's something that they can grow into that we just don't have to see. Um, but shortly after that, Bianca gets sick. Um, as Lars starts to kind of break the illusion, the, the the delusion that he's built. Um, they go to the hospital, which is kind of funny. Like he's like screaming on top of her, "Wake up! Wake up!" God, it seems and like so the ridiculous. the brother and the sister in law are kind of like fuck he's like gonna rip her head off or something like her head's gonna pop off and he's gonna freak out because he's like shaking her so hard and like the wife just yells out call 911 and Lars is like oh you're right and he like jumps up to do it and the brother's like 911 what (laughs) so they run down the 911 comes they must have called the doctor who then called the hospital and prepped him like hey Lars is coming in with Bianca (laughs) let's be ready so they treat it all very real Yes. Uh, Bianca's admitted to the hospital. The doctor comes down. It's revealed. Bianca's dying. Very sad. This isn't. This is not how we wanted things to turn out. Um. But no, it actually is exactly how we wanted things to turn out. Uh, you wouldn't think. And then there's the there's a kind of sweet, funny <sighs> scene where the news spreads around town. Oh, Bianca's yeah. dying. The montage. And like everyone, like just like everyone's like, oh, like we got kind of like she became real to the town almost. Um, yeah. Because she was always all around. Honorary member of the town. Yeah. Um, and then like she goes home with Lars because Lars, like she says she wants to spend her last night with Lars at home instead of the hospital. Um, the hospital's like, we're not going to give up a bed for him. <laughs> For this long <laughs> for a doll all night long yeah so uh they go home and then like he's cooped up with her in the room for a little while and like the sister-in-law and the brother are like hey we want to go on a uh i go to the lake i got spring fever let's go you want to join us and like lars doesn't say anything but then they ask bianca and you kind of like learn, like realize and the people realize around him like if you want to make lars do something you ask bianca and then Bianca will tell Lars, yes, let's do it. Which means Lars actually wanted to do it. He's just so awkward and scared. He never could say yes to things. Or they, he just only thought of the bad scenarios or ca- bad, worst case scenarios. So he just says no immediately. Um, which he does in the beginning of the movies. But once he gets Bianca, he becomes much more open. And, and then they start... He's arc. Yeah, Karen starts using it against him. 
Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, their first fight, they're like, he's never, they've never fought before. They're like treating it like real. And the one woman gets mad the way he's yelling at talking to her. And she's like, Bianca is a grown woman. <laughs> you can make your own decisions. It's like, what, what? <laughs> All right, lady, you don't have to take this that seriously. No, because she also realizes he needs to realize that for the real relationship he can get into after this. They're all like kind of also prepping him. Like, he can't talk to a girl like that. True. Just because she wants to go hang out, do other things and not hang out that's with you. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because, like I said, like, this is, he's using this, like, he kind of uses this as a way to, like, gain experience and the courage to date the real girl from work. Um, but yeah, and like his brother and the sister-in-law see Lars like carrying Bianca into the like lay crying like ah, and she's dead. Um, we cut to the funeral. Dead. We're at the funeral. Everyone's like crying for real. The priest gives it's a real full-blown funeral. She's got a cat, beautiful casket. Gives, yeah, they the bury priest. her. People he gives the eulogy. Uh, people are like crying. Like it's full. The church is full of people. They all they do the whole thing. They it's go to the. Ridiculous. They go to the. They they bury her in the fucking cemetery. <laughs> Took up a spot with just a doll, sex doll there, and then they all go back to the place and eat like sandwiches and like awake. Um, and then the movie ends with Lars asking. Margot, Margot, to go on a walk, and Margot going, I would really love that, and you're just like, oh, my heart. He found love. I love love. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. I just bulldozed your ear holes with the whole thing, uh, and that's what you're gonna take. But let's get into a little trivia yeah, for take this it. movie. <laughs> Lee's being very, uh, the other guy in the cubicle. <laughs> that guy was Don't a know his name. Um, this cubicle man, creepy man. That's me. Ooh, this is cute. This oh, this is adorable. The scene where Lars and Bianca are about to enter the party was entirely improvised by Ryan Gosling, Lars, as well as a scene where he performs CPR and Margot's teddy bear. You could tell that. That's why she like laughed that way. Like, it seemed genuine, her, like, surprise when he started doing that. Because she had, like, that, like, <laughs> while, like, crying. And, like, she's doing her probably, like, acting crying. So then, like, catches her off guard. It was adorable. It was a nice show. little moment. Yeah, and that scene when he goes in the, like, before he goes into the party. And he, like, stands in front of the door for a while. And the aunt, like, walks in and he's very awkward. And all the other actors are probably like, oh, how is he going to respond to the things we're saying? Because like, the other actors are saying lines. And he's just improvising with their lines. And I thought it was really well because that scene is super, like, as it should be, awkward. This guy just walked in with his sex doll girlfriend. And you're all just, like, 30-year-old, like, adults. You're like, how should we deal with this? And they're asking her if she wants a drink. But luckily, no. Oh, yeah, he says, like. She doesn't like, drink. I, but then he's like, oh, I want a beer, even though I don't really drink that much. So, that, yeah, now that I think about it, that felt kind of improvised. Yeah, like he's kind of like making this up on the spot, so he almost kind of has to like explain why it's almost kind of out of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 even though Bianca doesn't like it when I drink, like I'm only gonna have one. Yeah, like he's improvising what she's saying and everything, which I thought. I think, and I, I love Ryan Gosling. See, we got big, really strong Ryan Gosling fans underrated here. Underrated comedic actor. He is. He's underrated comedic. He's underrated like serious. I think they just make him like. They, they tried to make him into just like a sex symbol. It's just like, it's, he's, like uh, it's he's, a waste. He's of like kind of like Brad Pitt. In yeah, a, way. a little bit. I think, and especially as he gets older, I think he'll become more of like that. Oh, he's, sure. he's not. He's a lot younger than Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, for sure. But he was, he he's was, been acting since he was young. He was a part of the Mickey Mouse Club with Britney Spears which, and Justin Timberlake. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's totally and Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera. It's insane how many people came from that, and they can't. And they stopped it. It's crazy. Disney would do that. Oh, I mean, they just have those those shows now. That's how they pump out their childhood. Ooh, stories. this is funny. This is kind of crazy. To help Ryan Gosling stay in character, the real doll was treated like an actual person, as is, 
as is done by the characters in the movie. She was dressed privately in her own trailer and was only present for scenes that she was in. <laughs> they didn't just have her, like off the side. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of uh, cool. That's that's good though. Like I mean, I uh, he lends some authenticity to it. Yeah, help, and that makes sense. Like because Brian, because it's probably hard to get into that mode. You don't want to have it be broken constantly. Just look over and you see your real girl just. This is lead. This is in the background. Like potato salad, like. <laughs> Oh, get, oh fuck! Get the toss it out of the potato salad. Yeah, like it must have been crazy. She's like looking over into a trailer and knowing it's there's like just a, a doll sitting grip. in, knowing there's a doll just sitting in that trailer. And if you saw some move in the window, you'd be like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, who's in there? Uh, who's in there with the doll?" There you go. There's nobody. Ah! Uh. <laughs> oh the doll's real. I'd be like, it's "I quit. I quit." Um, in the scene where Lars is reading to Bianca, he's reading from Don. What is that, Lee? Don. What? What? Where? Oh, Don Quixote. Don Quixote, whose main character also has delusions. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling brought in a Talking Heads cassette to play during the filming of the party, as he nice. thought it would be cool for the scene. It did work for the scene. It's very Ryan Gosling. I like, I like that song that they played. It's funny. He's like, hey, I think we should play this song. The real doll was featured on the Graham Norton Effect 2004. The doll was given to the show and was stated at cost as co- as costing $6,000. She arrived in the same kind of crate that is shown in the movie. To test how real the doll looked, they sat her in a bar with a drink in her hand, sunglasses, and a speaker placed on her so they could talk to whoever came up to talk to the doll. One man was told to go to the bathroom, take off his pants, and wait for her, and he ju- he did just so. <laughs> Damn, that's so sad. Damn. Imagine just sitting in a bar's bathroom with your pants down, thinking you're about to get a blowjob, and it's just a bunch of dudes fucking with you on a sex doll. <laughs> Making that's what you get for being such a creeper. Trying to prove that their dolls real enough for the movie <laughs> that they're making. No, no, this was a different thing. The Graham Norton effect. I'm annoyed that. Oh, oh, was just some like prank. Yeah, like, it was from, the the, the, the doll was originally from a show. Oh, um, and then the, the, it's probably just in movie props now. That's it's probably all gross and like dissolved now because silicone doesn't like last forever. But probably isn't used anymore. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Bianca. R.I.P. Bianca. To eliminate the possibility of any accusation about having sex with a doll, Bianca was custom ordered without any genitalia. <laughs> so she actually didn't have any genitalia. They pretend that they do have that she That's does funny. have a vagina. Vagina. This vagina. movie was shot in thirty one days. Damn. Quick. It's an indie movie. Makes There's sense. not really a lot of like yeah, it does. It's big uh, scenes. In this no, it movie. takes a lot of place. A little movie it takes place a lot in like a park and like a, a house, houses, offices. Um, extreme sensitivity to touch is a form of hyperthesia. Hyperthesia, whatever. Something. I'm not gonna try and say it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Mortar and Patrick. Patricia Clarkson, Patricia Clarkson both appeared in Shutter Island 2010 with Mortimer oh, portraying yeah. Rachel 1 and Clarkson portraying Rachel 2. I don't it's know been a while a since I've seen that movie. For this movie, that's weird. Uh, Karen Robinson and Ryan Gosling previously appeared together in Goosebumps, Say Cheese and Tie, 1996. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. That's uh, hilarious. Say Cheese and Die. <laughs> The Goosebumps TV Ryan show. Yeah. Little Ryan Gosling. I probably would see it and be like, oh my God, nostalgia. He's a little baby. <laughs> Emily Mortar and Paul Schneider both acted on the HBO show The Newsroom. Mortimer played a leading role while Schneider was a guest actor in two episodes. Right. I'm just saying that these actors would work together again. That's all the truth. That nonsense. The real doll had nine different phases, which were used to show a different sort of evolution of the character. The doll starts with a face with heavy makeup, but then later uses a more natural-looking face without makeup. Finally, the doll's face becomes slightly green to reflect her failing health. Oh. Clever. That's crazy. They really took this movie seriously. They did. I like that. 
that's what I think gives it heart and makes it, it more have, cute and warm. It does have heart. All right, so let's do some conti- uh, continuity errors. I always love those in movies. At the first Seduce. dinner with Lars and Bianca, the glass of milk Lars is drinking suddenly appears on the opposite side of his plate when he begins cutting Bianca's food. Probably like that. There's a scene where he probably knocks it over and they're like, let's just move that. And just forgot <laughs> to refilm it. In the first scene in the doctor's Seems office, Clarkson's wristwatch reads 1035, but the Schne- but Schneider reads 1215. <laughs> In the bowling scene, when Margot hits the pins, they all fall down. When the shot is returned to her, two pins in the left corner, hand, left-hand corner are left standing. Then when the shot is returned the third time, all the pins are gone again. Bastards. These are little things that... Don't really matter, but it's just always fun to point out, like, see them in movies. You're just like, what? No movie Why is, is that car not damaged no more? The movie is flawless. But it's just kind of crazy also sometimes. I mean, I guess you can't just go back and, like, just film a whole new thing just to move a cup, especially on an indie sometimes budget. But you're just going to have to be like, well. The cup's on the other side. Boop, boop, boop. Like, there's no way they don't notice these things in, like, editing. But then you, you can't go back. Though. Yeah. Especially with a movie like this, you can't do reshoots. That's why nowadays you can just uh, edit it and CGI the thing out or whatever. That's what uh, Game of Thrones did. They just, like... CGI'd out Starbucks cup. The coffee cup. Both times. <laughs> when La- Lars is handed the flower after church, he has it in his right hand just before turning around to see Margot. After turning to see Margot, he quickly throws it away with his left. When, when Miss Garner tells Lars and Bianca Lars that Bianca would like to volunteer at the hospital, she mentions that the bald children would love Bianca. That would lead one to think they must be children with cancer. However, later then we see Bianca at the hospital. The children she's reading to aren't bald. There's a lady doing sign language in the corner, and she encourages the children to mimic a telephone sound. This implies that the children are deaf. <laughs> the bald, deaf children. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Um, this movie has... Not full. Of, it's not really a quotey movie. We might have a couple little gems in this thing. We can kind of go over real quick. Uh, it's just like situationally funny. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just like the characters reacting to him wheeling Bianca in or something, or him like all of a sudden like talking to her and being like, "Oh, oh, this one's a good quote." It's not very. It's just kind of. It's really sad. Sometimes I get so lonely, I forget what day it is and how to spell my name. And it's Lars, funny though, Ryan Gosling just laughs. <laughs> yeah, he just laughs. He's like, oh, because I feel like he's just like, oh, she's joking, because that's just normal. <laughs> he's like, that's, that's a how normal you're day for me. You're yeah. supposed to just be constantly horribly depressed. And it's like, no, Lars, everyone loves you. Everyone loves you, Lars. They sure do. This is a little... Lee doesn't like it because it's just too much love and he's like it should have been like the town should have hated him and he's no, like Jesus Lee not at all Lee hates him I don't what about me big baby or just like my husband she'll be home at 11 that was when he was like talking bad to uh, Bianca and the old lady didn't like it <laughs> So she just took her somewhere. Yeah, they're not really. This isn't. This movie isn't quotable. It's not for that. Yeah, um, I mean, there's. This is. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. No, it's just a. Qu- it's an hour and a half. It's not like too terribly long. I don't feel like it drags. It's just a quick story that takes place over like a couple months. Mm-hmm. Like the end of a woman's yeah. pregnancy, kind of. You don't even see like the birth happening or anything yet. Um, it's just, and it's just like this guy going through this like almost thing. Really, it's really like a coming of age movie in a yeah, way. Yeah, he's coming. A, like it's like he he matured later. He's coming out of his shell. Yeah, it would and I I he's getting over it. his trauma, and it's not fully expressed. That this is the cause, but I really think the trigger was the mom getting or the sister-in-law getting pregnant. Yeah, because he had such a trigger about that. Like everything, 
he probably equates with like that's bad in his life was the birth of him. Yeah, which is why killing he his mom. Like, is so distant with people. He doesn't want to attach himself. Yeah, yeah, and Karen wants to attach so much, especially because she's pregnant. She's got hormones, and even it seems like she was doing that even before. And he's just like so, like ah, it hurts. <laughs> um, being t- yeah, he was yeah, physical touch fucking was painful to him. But I think I've rattled on enough. Um, one-sidedly, oh. and I think we need to enter into questions. Hmm? Questions? questions for Lee. For me? We need Lee's opinion. I like questions. Question time. I am um, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I am Ryan Gosling. First question is completely unrelated, but I have to ask before I forget. Have you ever seen the movie Super Soldier? Super Soldier? Where the guy get the super soldier gets dumped on a garbage planet. Well, what, like with, like it's a movie about it's the future where they make super soldiers, and then like this one super soldier gets dumped on a garbage planet, and it's got the guy who's from, um, L.A. the L.A. post-apocalyptic movie like Escape from L.A. and Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. My bad. That guy. That He's a guy? super soldier. No, I haven't seen it, but I know what movie you're talking about now. Good. It's called Soldier. I, I don't mean, think it's called Super Soldier. I think I it's know, called whatever. Soldier. Something in there. Um, all right. Well, everyone, you just got a glimpse into it. That's what we're watching soonish. But for a real question, yeah, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your opinion of the movie. Oh, my God. Well. Any thoughts you have on it? Um. You know, it was a pleasant surprise. I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit. What did you think when I like said I liked this movie and wanted to show it to you? I don't know. Like sometimes sometimes you do show me movies that um actually have something going on. Rude. And, uh, you know, have it's more than just, like, romance. It's more than just cutesiness. You know, there's actual... Which is things going on, but okay. No, not really. But, uh... <laughs> this guy wa- showed me a movie where I had sex with a sand mermaid, but okay. Yeah, there were things happening in that movie. Terrible things, but Deep okay. things. <laughs> 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 but no, I mean, yeah, there's, like, like you said, like, there's heart to this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the characters are really likable. I really liked the brother. Yeah. His reactions in the beginning. Because he's very real. He's like the reactions of every, like the everyday, like the normal person. Like what the? F- yeah, exactly. But he's oh. not like he's he's not super mean about it. No, he's not. An but actor. he's also not like totally with it. No, he's having a normal person's reaction. He's ambivalent about it. Um. And I like, yeah, I liked Karen. We all hate Karens now, but... Back then, we didn't hate them yet. You know, this is a nice Karen. <laughs> <laughs> there are nice Karens out there. Uh, And, yeah, like, it was a little weird that the town was just so... Like, they liked this guy so much. Like, I didn't really... I, just, I didn't really see... Well, they grew up with him, and it's a, and I get it. It's a really small town, and they are, like he's been there. And since I'd he was rather a kid. like everybody just not be a complete dickbag to him. Like, an, like it would be like in an Adam Sandler movie. I feel like if this were an Adam Sandler, yeah, movie, it'd be like that one movie, Hubie Halloween. Yeah, where everyone was just really everyone annoying. was just a monster to him for no reason, and it's like this is un, it became like unpleasant how mean people were just for him existing. Yeah, and that's why his mother started almost murdering people. She was murdering people, wasn't she? No, she was. No, she like, was she going to. Yeah, she kidnapped them dolls and set them on fire. Yeah, it's garbage, absolute trash. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie, like, everyone's pretty sympathetic. The movie has an overall just really empathetic tone. Yeah. Um, 
And the act is the act the acting in general is very is just top notch. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling is honestly is one of my favorite like modern actors mm-hmm, working today. Um, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of the things that he's come out with in the last like ten or so years. We saw Drive. I, What's it? We saw Drive in Theater. You hate, hate that movie. Like a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty hated the movie. Because it was marketed terribly. But it's also... I yeah. blame the marketing. I don't blame Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is exactly what the character was supposed to be in that movie. Was, He's great. But it was movie. like totally marketed as a different thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was marketed, marketed more like, like a Fast and Furious thing. Movie. Yeah. It's definitely not. No, it's horrible. Uh, but, but you can check off another Ryan Gosling movie with this one. Yeah. There's also another movie he did right before this. Uh, it's called Half Nelson. Uh, where he plays a te- uh, like a teacher or a substitute teacher or something in like the inner city who's addicted to heroin. Hmm. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's really good. It's Sounds one of his depressing like, as fuck. It's one of his earlier roles. Um, but yeah, he's just uh, I really like I. He seems like he's kind of an actor who's just like a pretty face. Um, his face. Also, doesn't look like it's the most expressive. A lot of the times, he kind of looks like Mr. Stoneface. He's a little soft-spoken. Yeah, he just kind of mumbles his lines sometimes. But that can act, like, he gets cast somehow, like, people know how to just cast him in the right role. Uh, because he's really good, he's really good in this. And, he's and he not raises really, the role, too, like, they're like, he's, they're like... He, he goes all in. Yeah. He gets a little, puts a little weight on. Yeah, he doesn't look handsome at all in this movie. He looks. He's like, handsome for a guy who's in a small Midwestern town, and for the amount of, uh, you know, problems that he has, he's yeah. a bit of a shut-in sort of. But he's not like he was he in goes like to work. Uh, um, some of his other movies where he's got a chiseled doll jaw and he's all sexy and handsome and. Yeah, like even in like something like Blade Runner twenty twenty forty nine, where you're supposed to be like, a, which I really love. Star. I actually really like that movie. So it's another example. There's a ooh, there's a couple of Ryan Gosling movies that I want to show you that he's come out with in the last few years. The Nice Guys, mm-hmm. which I, wa- uh, I I wanted to see that, which is one of the f- funniest movies that was made in like the last ten years. And he is absolutely hilarious in it. Um, and then I want to show you the movie where he played Neil Armstrong, mm. First Man. That was a really good film, really underrated movie, honestly. Yeah, I feel bad for Ryan Gosling because he always gets like, these movies where it's like, okay, this is gonna be the one that like makes really, him really, really, yeah. And then it just doesn't go. Like people yeah, like, like him, but like they don't like him enough to see him. Like, yeah, but Blade Runner twenty forty nine was a flop. The Nice Guys was a flop. First Man was a flop. I mean, it's just like Jesus. The only other thing, have you ever seen La La Land? No. He's good in La La Land. Mm-hmm. La La Land is actually a pretty good movie. And, and that was in a, that, that movie, was a Gangster. Movie. Oh, Gangster Squad. Gangster Squad. That was a flop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's not exactly the best example. <sighs> that movie's good. People are <laughs> I haters. I didn't like that movie. People be haters. I didn't like that movie. I'm sorry. Haters. <laughs> um, I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it that much. Uh, Lee, uh, any like uh, scenes that stand out to you? Uh, Yeah. Like specific scenes? I really liked... The scene where they uh, where he takes Bianca to the woods. There's like this really nice, kind of like establishing shot as they're like it's kind of coming in from like the sky, mm-hmm. or like sort of like this weird sort of surreal movement through the trees and stuff, and then mm-hmm. he's like singing like this old song. Yeah, L is for the way you look at me. Oh, it's fall away. I don't remember the words. But I had yeah. to sing it in middle school. Well, yeah, it's actually a really uh, sweet scene. 
It is. Even though he's like singing to it all. And all, like it's always like so sweet and then you kinda like have to remind yourself like Oh, she's it's a like doll. Kinda, and then you kind of like laugh a little bit. Yeah, because you forget that Bianca's like a doll. To it and it's just like its reaction is just like. <laughs> yeah, it's just sitting there just <laughs> staring off in another. You're like, oh. But then he's like giving it so much emotion and answers. But yeah, he, yeah. It's just like you could tell like he genuinely loves this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What's your biggest criticism? Like what was. Well, I mean, I kind of already, like, I guess I already mentioned it. I do think sometimes some of the characters take it a little bit too seriously. Like, okay. And I was cringing a little bit, like, when that old lady was, like, kind of yelling at him. I I get it. I get it. They're all using it as a way to teach Lars. I get it. I get it. Overall, I mean, I guess it's, it is... A little schmaltzy for my tastes. But it doesn't, like, it's not, like, terrible. I like Spielberg movies, and Spielberg is the king of schmaltz. I was actually surprised that you hadn't seen this movie. Was there any reason behind it? Did it just never look interesting? Did you just think I it guess was... maybe I wasn't interested enough, to be perfectly honest. But Even though you are a Ryan Gosling fan, and you've watched some of his other obscure movies. Yeah. Remember we saw Only God Forgives in theaters? <laughs> we both can agree that one's hot fire garbage. I was the one, like, remember when it ended? I was the first one to be, you like... sprung up. I was like, I'm done. Thank God was, this is over. It was every... You could feel every second of that movie. God, it was awful. Everything that Drive, that you thought Drive was, was I thought only, for, only God Forgives was. Painful, pretentious... Oh, oh, look, it's, he's just not saying that much. He just turns his head and, oh, I'm supposed to interpret what is going on through his facial expression. Like, and even yeah. Ryan Gosling was kind of like, this movie's bad. Yeah. Because, like, like, the scene where, like, he cut, like, the mom gets her stomach sliced open and then, he, like, like, reaches inside Ryan her Gosling, like, for whatever fucking... Fingers or stomach. Like, you're like, what the fuck? It's like... And the whole movie is just like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And he just gets the shit beat out of him by the police just, chief, and then it ends. And it like, pe- he gets his hands cut off or some shit. And, uh, and then like the police chief just ends his hip singing in the karaoke. You're like, what the fuck, man? This movie's garbage. Trash. Absolute trash. Um, and it was made, yeah, it was made by the same guy who did Drive. Which was like, you were so excited. Travis, yeah, we saw it with our We saw our that friend, Palm Door. The Palm Door Theater. Yeah, you were so excited. I don't know why you I w- saw it. You went to see it with us. Because I was like, let's give this one a chance. Maybe this one's going to be better. And it was Because like, it looked more like a weird like action movie. It was like a revenge movie. Sort I thought there'd or be a cute romance. Uh, no. <laughs> it's horrifying. The whole movie is There's more awesome. of a cute romance in Drive. The movie just begins with horrifyingness. Yeah, he like, like rapes like and murders like a young teenage prostitute, the brother of Ryan Gosling, and then, and then he, gets he gets his head bashed in. Bur- yeah, gets and then murdered. that guy gets his arm cut off, and then that guy gets like it's killed by violence, the violence, violence. Like I like violence in movies, just fine, but like but it was all just like very unnecessary and just and like, very pointless. Gross. It was just it was just a bad movie, um, <clears throat> but this movie was not. Well, this was better than Only God Forgives. I hope. Um, before I get mine, Lee, what would be your rating for this movie? My rating. Mm-mm-mm. Well, <laughs> we actually, uh, we just finished watching this movie. This, I don't know, maybe like a couple hours ago. Yeah, we're trying to, as, I mean, it's literally been a few episodes, but we're trying to get back on schedule, big, get back up to weekly uploads consistently on Monday. We hope you, we, we want to bring you content. We want to bring you some entertainment. And we want to be consistent about it, and, and we want you to be able to rely on the episodes coming out. So know that they're coming out now real steadily, um, and we're trying to be more uh, fresh with the reactions. Yeah. Not watch a movie weeks ahead or months ahead and, like, you know, do well, the podcast next, right there. Next week. We'll, we'll talk about next different. week in a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's your rating, Lee? Oh, well, so anyways, yeah, so we just watched this movie. So it's a little, you know, fresh. Whatever uh, rating I do 
I, I give now. It could change. Um, but I will say that I I really enjoyed this movie for the most part. It's got you know, it's got some schmaltziness, some corniness, some some cringe a little bit. Um but I like a little bit of cringe sometimes. Um I like cringe humor. Um so I like moment like awk like when it's done right, like awkwardness can be funny. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just this movie is just it's very earnest. Yes. It just, you know, it wears its heart on its sleeve. Definitely. And you can't really hate a movie that wears its heart on its sleeve so proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, I never thought I would be so invested in a relationship between a guy and a sex doll. Like the town, Bianca becomes real to the watcher. She's an actual character. You're just like, oh, she's dying. <laughs> you feel, yeah. I was actually really sad. You know, he's crying at the end. Yeah. Choked up myself. Like, oh my God. And the whole town's like, oh. Like, they're all, everyone's sad. It's bittersweet. But, you know, he finds, you know, a real girl, mm-hmm. essentially. So. Laura, Laura's in the real girl. That's where the title comes from. Haha, <laughs> bam, it was clever. Cha-ching. So, right now. I'm going to give this movie a seven, but there is a chance, you know, I might, you know, I would watch this movie again sometime, honestly. Would you watch it with a lady friend? I would. It's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like so violent different. or anything. It's not, There's not even any, like, cursing from what I remember. No, there's not, like, you're, like, waiting. This movie could have been PG. Other than the fact that it's a sex doll. Yeah, you're waiting for, like, Lars to have, like, a huge flip out. There are moments where this movie, like, could go in a darker direction. But I like that they don't. I don't think it would have matched the tone. It would have been a a bit much. Dark freak out on somebody or something. Or just, like, have the movie itself be a little bit more of, like, a dark comedy where he's kind of just slowly... Actually, insane. getting more insane. Yeah, that'd be. I wouldn't like that. I guess it would be more of a movie that would be up my alley. But I'm, you know, not everything needs to go down the weird, dark direction. Yeah, sometimes it could just be weird. It could be weird and just quirky. Yeah, like Xerophiliac. Yeah, what a great example. I showed you that, right? Yes, you did. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I remember. Uh, Not one of the worst movies you showed me, but definitely just like one of the most baffling. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into my ra- my rating and my last thoughts on this. I have said in the beginning of the podcast, said in the middle of the podcast, I'm gonna say here at the end of the podcast. I love this movie. Uh, this was a movie that I watched during my uh, era of heavy watching of movies, of heavy being a loner. Um, uh, and I was just, I look up romance movies and I would just watch the whole list of the romance movies and this was on the list. And it was just, it's kind of like Xerophiliac. It's just a movie I stumbled upon. Like how does an 18 year old boy stumble upon Lars and the real girl? Fucking just looking it up. That's how. Um, watching list and list of I'm, movies. I've discovered movies that way. I didn't say you didn't. Lee's always got to take credit for my things. Kitty. Um, but yeah, I would give this movie a solid nine. I really Whoa. enjoy this. I enjoyed Whoa. it. I hadn't watched it in a while, and I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time. I've watched it a f- handful of times. Um, this is probably like my fourth or fifth time. Um, I really super duper enjoyed it. Um, I was always rooting for him to end up with the actual real girl, and then I'm glad they did that, and they didn't just have it like be a friendship thing or something. Um, yeah. But they don't have, like, a big, like, kiss at the end. No, no, because it's, like, very just fresh and new and starting. Yeah, yeah. That was another thing I liked about this movie is that it was, 
believable in yeah. a lot of aspects. Like you could actually see this happening in a small town. Yeah. Like a small, like a town getting behind a guy who had like a very tiny town. Yeah, but not a lot of people in it. Well, I don't know about tiny town. This wasn't like a tiny town. It was a small town. Tiny towns like a thousand people. This was a small town of like a few thousand. And they all knew him. It wasn't like the entire town was like fully playing along. It was like, it was like core members of the town were in it. So it was like yeah, the, the whole town was in on it. Because the core of the town was in on it. All the major players, which made all the other players go along with it. <sighs> Not everything's literally. It is a movie. Yes, fine. <laughs> Lee's rude to me, everyone. Can you hear this abuse I face? Um, <laughs> uh, Lee, Lee. All right, so yes. That's the end of this uh, this week's episode. Um, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed this movie. Uh, and let's talk about this movie. But, and this is usually where I would hand it off to Lee, where he would tell us what we'd be watching next week for our 100th episode season finale. But we have decided after Lee suggested it a while ago, we've been having this thought for a while, that, you know, it's the 100th episode. We were thinking, like, oh, what do we do? It's something special. Do we just do a regular episode and treat it like nothing? And we're like, nah, that's kind of a lot of whack. So Lee came up with the idea of us doing a top five, two top five list. Uh, top five best movies we've been shown and top five worst movies, in our own opinions, that we've been shown. That we've shown each other. Shown each other, yes, that we've been shown. Um, so that's what we'll be doing next week. We'll be going, and it's not, you think like, oh, you're gonna, this is going to be a 10 minute episode. No, it's going to be a full length episode because we're going to discuss the movies. We're going to like probably critique might, each other. Like, what do you mean? That's talk, you know, we're going to have a good conversation about it. It's going to be fun. Might um, be longer than the normal episode. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a 100th episode special. Um, and then. And it's like, we're going to be talking about 10 movies each, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And maybe a couple of honorable mentions here and there. That's what I was thinking too. Um, so look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a fun idea. I'm excited to like hear what Lee's top fives are. Um, oh yeah, I've been thinking about it for a while. Lee's reaction to my top fives. I think we're both going to surprise I'm, each other I'm, in some yeah, aspects. I think we're going to be some are going to be obvious, and some are going to be some surprises because oh, we've yeah. we've been very vocal about some of the ones. Uh, throughout the seasons, but we'll see. And then you know maybe we. Do, I mean, we'll, we'll do this again in another episode of thousand. But yeah, um, we can do like top God, top seasons, top then. ten Jesus. best and worst movies. But for now, we'll just deal with the hundred episodes, which is still a crazy milestone. Um, we'll we'll talk way more about this next week about how grateful and, and uh, of all the podcasts and everything, how uh, fun this journey was. Anybody who's been listening, anyone who's there. been listening, um, yes. Um, but just I've, even if no one is, I've enjoyed the podcast. I've seen a lot of movies that I would have never seen before on my own. Um, and some of them I'm wish I hadn't seen and others I'm super grateful I had seen and the whole experience kind of makes it worth it. And all of them I'm kind of grateful to a degree that I've seen because it's like a movie that I know I've seen. And Lee is showing me real a lot of, not all, because Lee has his own fare of garbage. Um, but he's shown me a lot of cinephile movies. So I'm able to increase my like cinephile knowledge a little bit, my my movie knowledge a little bit, and especially it's fun poking Lee's mind because he's got such a that's his uh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, people like sports, like cars. Lee likes movies. I like movies. Um, and I do too, but I'm more of like the casual fan um, perspective on it, while Lee is like the full cinephile. But yes, we'll talk about this more next week. In the actual 100th episode special. So we look forward to that. Um, as always, please rate, review, and share the podcast. It really helps us out. Tells the algorithm that, that the podcast is well liked and well received. Then it should pump it out more to more people. Um, as always, you can find all our episodes on Spotify, Amazon Music, or my Amazon Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast. 
other third party things. You can find us. Type in It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. I guarantee you're going to get a couple pop ups. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we got all our we got a couple places that we can be found linked in there. We post uh, weekly content to our stories about movies, fun trivia, all that good stuff. You'll find our personal Instagrams linked there. A little selfless plug right here. Uh, go to our our movies podcast, our podcast Instagram. Follow me, and then you'll find mine linked in the bio. Go to my personal Instagram. Follow me there. Uh, in that bio, you will also find my TikTok. Follow me on TikTok at Hammer Books. I do reviews, uh, reviews, uh, uh, reviews of um, uh, pop culture things, book reviews, video game reviews, Magic the Gathering reviews. You know, nerdy shit. Show off steel book collections, pop collections, book collections, manga collections, all the nerdy dorky shit. Follow me on that. You also find my dog's Instagram on there post fun tiktoks of her post cute videos of her just go like that it brightens up your day a little bit you also find me on letterbox you'll find my letterbox username there follow me there to see what my like the thousands of movies i've reviewed kind of see what i'm looking at maybe see some suggestions and recommendations for yourself also follow Lee on his Instagram. You'll find his letterbox name there. Follow him. Lee actually does some more in-depth in- reviews on things. Um, well, I haven't really. Not yet, but we're hoping. I'm trying to poke and prod him, and this is a poke and a prod right here. But if Lee does start doing it, you're going to get a lot more than from me, which is just going to get like the rating, like the star rating. Like Once Lee, we might get start getting some really good in-depth reviews, which I hope. Um, yeah. Maybe a TikTok thing. Well, maybe, 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 maybe if it's not banned. Um, oh, God. If not, we'll move over to Instagram. But yeah, that selfless plug time is over. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you have a great week. And we will see you next time. Do not know the way of water. That was from Avatar.